When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Shippo. For e-commerce businesses, shipping in two days or less is the new standard. As a growing business, how can you keep up? Introducing Shippo, your business's new secret weapon. Shippo is the only shipping software for growing businesses that you can start today, set up in minutes, and then ship today. Because they ship hundreds of millions of packages, Shippo's volume discounts save you up to 90% off carrier rates. Mm. That's a lot. Simply connect your online store to Shippo. No coding or technical expertise required. They will instantly identify the lowest shipping rates from 55-plus top global carriers like UPS, USPS, FedEx, and DHL. Your orders are automatically pulled in and ready to go. Just click, print, and ship. Plus, automated return labels are free. You only pay if your customers use them. Companies that use Shippo save thousands of dollars, free up hours of valuable time, and on average grow 77% year over year. Join over 100,000 companies like Goat, Hims, and MeUndies who are saving up to 90% off carrier rates with Shippo. For our listeners, they are offering their best discount available anywhere. Get a shipping consultation and Shippo Pro Plan 6-month trial for free at GoShippo.com slash shame. That's up to a $700 value for free at goshippo.com slash shame. Go right now and get your shipping consultation and Shippo Pro Plan six-month trial for free at goshippo.com slash shame. Hey guys, I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Rechna Frookbaum. And this is Hall of Shame. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Rachna. How you doing? I'm all right. I have a question for you before we start our story today. Okay. I want to know, what's the craziest thing you've done as a sports fan? I wouldn't say it's the... I would say it's the most dedicated thing I've ever done as a sports fan. I followed... When the Raptors were in playoffs last year, I Mm -hmm. followed them everywhere. I went to Toronto. I went to Oakland. I love and that. I've never told this story before because uh, just like disclaimer, just don't ju- it, just don't judge here, okay? Oh, because what I like- am about to tell you is just a dedicated sports fan, you know. So we, there were no tickets left, Rachel. There were no tickets left for the final in Oakland, Game Seven, and the final, ga- Game Six. Actually, it, okay. it ended Game Six. Oh right. I I had to go there. We had a good chance of winning this one. Everyone was injured. And these lovely gentlemen who were much older than me and my I'm so sorry, but my here. judgment hat, uh, it, I put, it came on. Nope, no, 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 not yet, not yet, okay? These lovely gentlemen offered us um, a hotel room, not with them, a separate one and tickets to the game. And they were like, we just want to come with you guys. You guys are crazy Toronto fans. We just, it was like Can a friend. you wear your highest heels and your tightest, <laughs> lowest cut tank top? It- <laughs> <laughs> it's sounding so bad. They were very nice. Okay. Nothing was creepy about it. They just wanted to spend an afternoon with two mm-hmm. lovely young women. <laughs> I, I bet they did. <laughs> I hope that they're not listening because I'm very grateful the, the experience. It wasn't weird at all. Okay. It wasn't creepy. No, it definitely doesn't sound creepy. It was a lot of fun. 
And sometimes you have to make sacrifices and hang out with old guys for an entire weekend because then you get to go and watch your team win the NBA finals first of all no judgment but lots of making fun like (laughs) I absolutely get it you literally got to watch Kawhi Leonard win a championship for your team and your city I got to watch all of it that's amazing I sobbed on an old man's shoulder (laughs) it was great I can't wait to uncover a picture of what you wore to that game so I can confirm. I will never show you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I hate to break it to you, but that story doesn't even come close to diehard college football fans in this country. So Honestly, I can buy that. I have heard some crazy things, some wild stories. And that's kind of like where we're going today. Great. College football country. Ready to go. Yeehaw. So across the U.S., but especially in the Southeastern Conference, or SEC, college football is like the rage. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's everything. As a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Big Ten, which is also a huge football conference, the Midwest, it's not like the Midwest doesn't love their football, but I got to hand it to college fans in the South. It's next level. Here's a quote from famed Alcorn State football coach Marino Kasem that I think sums it up well. Incidentally, he just passed away. Oh, bummer. But he lived a very long, big life. He said, on the East Coast, football is a cultural experience. In the Midwest, it's a form of cannibalism. On the West Coast, it's a tourist attraction. And in the south football is a religion and saturday is the holy day wow because i'm never going to the midwest that's been established <laughs> just gonna skip <laughs> right over that that's amazing so within the sec perhaps no state hits fever pitch quite like alabama and the fabled rivalry between its two biggest universities auburn and the university of alabama oh yeah yeah big deal In the book Rammer Jammer Yellow Hammer, author Warren St. John followed the giant community of RVers who follow the Alabama Crimson Tide from game to game across the South during the college football season. Okay, so let's break that down real quick. So these are like a group of groupies that they they travel. They must live in their RVs like half of the season, half of the year. Because they play every single weekend. Correct. I mean, I don't know the length of their stilettos or the tightness of their tank tops to get those tickets, but I know that they're committed. (laughs) I'm sure they would wear whatever they needed to wear. I'm with you on that. I think you can relate. (laughs) I'm imagining myself as Julia Roberts in Pretty Women right now. (laughs) (laughs) You like go to the ticket booth where you tried to get a ticket and now you're with like these old dudes in your tank top and you're like, Big mistake. Huge. You made a (laughs) huge mistake. I am the biggest fan here. Amazing. Anyway, Warren St. John in the book says that 90% of Alabama citizens describe themselves as college football fans. He said to understand what an absolute minority non-fans are in Alabama, consider this. They are outnumbered. By atheists. Which probably don't exist in the South. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn girl. Everybody is a college football fan in Alabama. That's amazing. Uh, so some background on these universities, Auburn, Alabama, famous names. On the Bama side, there's Paul Bear Bryant, Hall of Fame coach for 37 years who led the team to six national and 13 conference championships. Joe Namath, maybe you've heard of him, one of the best quarterbacks to play of all time. Oh, yeah. On the Auburn side, there's Joe Heisman, who literally the Heisman statue is named after. The Heisman is the statue given to the best player in college football every year. And 
Mr. Bo Jackson. Remember that guy? No big. Bo knows. Mm -hmm. Point being, these schools are all about their history and their tradition. The pre- and post-game rituals are hardcore, like unwavering. These fans are bananas. Like, they don't just wear tank tops and high heels. They go all out. <laughs> they just go naked. You're painting a terrible picture of <laughs> Terrible. I think we all get it, girl. Everybody has their thing they would put on heels and a tank top to get. Fishnets, no bra. <laughs> what? Everybody has their thing. <laughs> In Alabama, thousands of fans line up two hours before the game so that when the team gets off the bus and goes into the stadium, they can like cheer them on and greet them and scream. It's called the Walk of Champions. They do it every game. And at every game, the band plays Thunderstruck, Sweet Home Alabama, and Dixieland Delight, and they go bananas. It's so fun. Sing every single word, I'm sure. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yes. You get it. Mm -hmm. So at Auburn University, one of their big things is Tumor's Corner. Oh, T-O-O-M-E-R, Rachel. Got it. Got it. Yes. I just, just got to double check. No, I get it. Mm -hmm. I saw your eyes and I knew. It was good to clarify. So Tumor's Corner is an intersection in the heart of Auburn, Alabama, where for almost a century there's been a tradition of students, fans, and locals gathering to roll Tumor's Corner. Which is basically TPing the power lines and old oak trees that stand around to celebrate any time Auburn has a big victory. That sounds dangerous, sure. and that sounds like a fire hazard. Sure. It's not, not the and greatest. And people have to pick those things up after. Yeah, I bet it's not these fans. Okay. But let me tell you why it started. Apparently, back in the day, Tumor's Drugs, the neighborhood drugstore, housed the only telegraph in Auburn. And so back then, when there weren't TVs and radio... When away football games happened, the only way that fans could find out what happened is from the telegraph at Tumor's Drugs. And when Auburn won, the employees of the drugstore would throw ticker tape onto nearby trees and power lines. Aww. And that's how fans would know. And that's how that tradition that's of awesome. TPing started. It's a big deal. The annual game between Alabama and Auburn is called the Iron Bowl. This is because up until 1998, every game was played in Birmingham, Alabama, which is the country's top iron and steel producer since the Civil War. And I feel like, has anyone ever told a story about the Civil War? Is there any story, idea, anything that comes out of the South that doesn't go back to the Civil War? No, no. Every, the everything's South, related. Everything centers around that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Anyway, the Iron Bowl is also an apt name because it represents well the hard-nosed, intense nature of the rivalry, which is chock-full of last-minute victories, painful losses, big-time players, and gritty, tough, down-home American football. Yeehaw! Yes, girl. I felt like we needed a yeehaw. <laughs> we're in the South, after all. Yeah. And for today's story, we're going to take a little voyage to the 2010 Iron Bowl. Take yourself back a decade. Auburn versus Alabama. It's game day, November 6, 2010. Arguably the most intense rivalry in all of college football. At this point in the season, Auburn is 11-0 and ranks second in the country. A game that is played once a year in the Southern Enclave but whose outcome resonates for 365 consecutive days in and around the state. Bama is 9-2 and two and ranked 11th in the country. A brother-versus-brother brother battle of wills, dividing families and loyalties. Those RVs we Opposites talked about have been tailgating for like so a week in, in the parking lot. Alabama, the defending national champs, relegated to spoiler this year with a chance to ruin Auburn's dream season. So this is like a super meaningful game with big national championship implications. 
Two teams, one state, meeting for the 75th time in the game known simply as the Iron Bowl. Game starts. Alabama, right off the bat, makes a huge statement in the first quarter, scoring three touchdowns, just like that. Two by Mark Ingram and Julio Jones, who are now, as you know, yep. big-time players in the NFL. So halfway through the second quarter, Alabama's up 24-0. to zero. That's a giant lead. Bama fans are like, I feel great. I'm feeling good. So glad I got here a week ago to tailgate. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> but then Auburn star quarterback, Mr. Cam Newton, is like, well, not so fast. Mm -hmm. And as we know, Cam Newton is also a big time player in the NFL now. So he steps up in the second quarter towards the end and throws a 36-yard touchdown, ending the shutout. The teams go into the half with Bama still up 24-7. Still a commanding lead, but at least it's not a shutout. But then, just 56 seconds into the second half, Cam Newton throws a 70-yard touchdown. And all of a sudden, the score is 24-14. And you start to feel the momentum shifting. So toward the end of the third quarter, Cam bulldozes into the end zone running the ball in from one yard out himself. Auburn has pulled in to within three points. Bama's only up 24 to 21. Then they Ooh. score a field goal, giving them a 27 to 21 lead. A little bit of breathing room, but as great quarterbacks do, Cam Newton delivers again in the final quarter with his fourth touchdown of the game. Auburn makes the extra and point. In the face of all of the turmoil. And they win the Iron Bowl. He leads his team. The biggest rivalry in college football. To a 28-27. To 27. Iron Bowl. After being down by 24 points. You know what they call it, Rachel? The comeback. Oh, you're you such love a dad. It? You that get it? A, that was a dad joke. <laughs> okay, so Bama fans are devastated. I mean, they definitely thought they had it in the bag, first of all. And second, they're Bama fans, so they're just crushed. None more so than Alabama superfan Harvey Updike Jr. I cannot wait to tell you about this dude, but first, a break. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Lightstream. Are you paying more money and in interest than you need to on your credit cards? Refinance your debt today with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Quickly roll balances from multiple credit cards into one single monthly loan payment. Um, I love this. Yes. Get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay, much lower than the national average credit card rate of over a 19% APR. Plus, awesome. there are absolutely no fees. I would have gobbled this up in college. Mm. Good Lord. The application is quick and easy and is 100% online. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Apply today to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash shame. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash shame. Hall of Shame is brought to you by BetterHelp. Are you stuck at home? Mm. Feeling isolated? Mm -hmm. Worried about the state of things? Yes. <sighs> BetterHelp offers online professional counselors who can help. 
You can talk to a licensed online therapist and find relief. BetterHelp therapists specialize in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, insomnia, family conflicts, and more. You can connect with your counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love in less than 24 hours. So great. Everybody, I feel like, could use a boost. Yeah, love this. Easily schedule secure video or phone sessions with your therapist, plus exchange unlimited messages. If for any reason you're unhappy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can get professional help when you want it, wherever you are. BetterHelp is a truly affordable option, and our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code SHAME. There's no shame in doing this. Mm -mm. This is a real tough one, this code. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp.com slash shame. That's BetterHelp.com slash shame. Talk to a therapist online and get help. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV but hate the size of your cable bill? Philo is your solution. It offers more than 50 channels of TV live and on demand for just $20 a month. It has networks like MTV, VH1, Food Network, HGTV. Reshna, I've been watching so much HGTV that yeah. I feel like I could build a house. These are like the networks that are going to get you through quarantine. <laughs> they are. With Philo, you save hundreds a month on TV. It's the most affordable way to watch at a time when everyone could use some entertainment in their life. Philo was created by a bunch of passionate TV fans that wanted to make a better way to watch. There are no contracts. It's cord-free, commitment-free, hassle-free, and provides unparalleled customer service. One of the better features is its unlimited DVR, which allows you to save all of your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. It also allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams so everyone in the house can have their own saved shows and up to three simultaneous streams. Never fight over who gets to watch what. I know that you love this, Reshna, because you got two little babies. I do. Two little babies that love to watch TV. I had two little babies who are very different in age themselves, so they each have different things they like to watch. There you go. Beautiful. Philo is easy to use, super easy to sign up, and you can watch by phone, laptop, tablet, or TV with Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, or Android TV. Philo is TV for everyone. Sign up today at philo.tv slash shame, and you will get 25% off your first two months. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash shame. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Okay, we're back. Auburn just beat Alabama in an upset. Fans are beside themselves. Like I said, none more so than our boy. Alabama superfan, Harvey Updike Jr. Great. So this dude grew up on a steady diet of Alabama football. He worshipped Coach Bear Bryant so much so that he named his kid after him. Literally, his son is named Bear Bryant Updike. No. Uh, it gets worse. How? He also named his other kid Crimson Tide. No. Tide is spelled T-Y-D-E. And I just want to no. say like, I just want to say that's probably a girl. And how many period jokes is that girl fielding? Okay, we need to stop this podcast right now. We need to stop down and just pay our respects. To Crimson Tide update. To Crimson Tide T-Y-D-E. Oh my Lord, this poor girl. 
This poor woman now. Yeah, it's like her version of Johnny Cash's boy named Sue. Girl named Crimson. Tide. Updike. There's no cool way. <laughs> oh, hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's your name? Crimson. <laughs> That's so bad. It's rough. Point is, Harvey Updike is very, very serious about his Alabama football. So much so that he would ruin his children's lives for it. So, good for him. So anyway, Harv, that weekend, is feeling real emotional about the loss. So he decides to drive 30 miles from his home in Dadeville, Alabama, to Toomer's Corner in Auburn to pay a visit to those oak trees and those power lines also, but the oak trees in particular, that the Auburn fans we talked about adore. And it's like the pride of Auburn football. Oh, no. And he goes there. And he takes his revenge on Auburn by pouring a very lethal dose of Spike 80DF, which is tree poison, basically, onto the dirt around the trees. Wow. And just for some context, that is 500 times the amount of herbicide needed to actually kill the trees. So, like, he overboard. What a petty dude. Petty bitch. That's, I guess, passion also? No. No. I guess never tell me that it's women who are emotional. Yeah. This is the most hysterical man I've ever come across. So he's so upset about a loss that he goes on to initiate what ends up being a very slow and silent death for these oak trees from poisoning because tree deaths are slow. So his grime goes unnoticed for weeks because it's a tree or trees, plural. And no one caught him during and no one suspected anything. But, you know, our dude Harv clearly is an emotional and prideful guy, and he can't help himself. So on January 27th, 2011, two months after the game and his poisoning of the trees, he calls into the Paul Feinbaum show, which is an Alabama college football radio show. Mm-hmm. Paul Feinbaum is referred to as the king of the South, and he's known to have callers with, like, off-color opinions. So it's sort of like he's like Howard Stern, but for Bama football. Sure. As the New Yorker says, there are two types of people in Alabama, those who listen to Feinbaum and those who are liars, meaning like everybody in Alabama knows Feinbaum. And the point being, Harvey knows if he calls into this show and tells them about the trees, everyone in Alabama will hear it because this fucking guy. Well, let me tell you what I did. The weekend after the Iron Bowl, I went to Auburn, Alabama because I live 30 miles away and I poisoned the two tumors trees. So under the pseudonym of L from Dadeville, he admits to poisoning the historic oak trees in Tumors Corner with Spike 80 DF. Well, that's fair. I put Spike 80 DF in them. I mixed it with water and put it in milk jugs. I had two milk jugs for each tree. Did they die? Do what? Did they die? They're not dead yet, but they... They, they definitely will die. Is that against the, the law to this dude poison a tree? Does not give. Well, do you think I care? Oh, fuck. No. Okay, I really don't. And then he signs off with okay. roll damn tide. Roll damn tide. Wow. He was just so impatient. He could not wait for these trees to collapse. Correct. He'd been waiting. He had been waiting. I'm sorry, but why didn't he just use a chainsaw? Why didn't he just cut them down? Interesting. I wonder if it's because it's like somebody would hear a chainsaw. I wonder if he enjoyed the slow, like every day he checked the news and he's like, I wonder if today's the day someone's going to be like, the oak trees are dying. And I'll be like, I did it. And then it didn't happen. (laughs) So he's like, I got to take this in my own hands and call. I got to tell everyone. Yeah. But an Auburn fan listening alerts the school and the school sends soil samples from around the tree to a lab. And two weeks later, the results come back for Spike ADDF 
which confirms Harvey's story. And they're like, okay, so the person, Al from Dadeville, was not lying. He poisoned these trees. And Auburn fans are crush. So they paid tribute at the side of the Oaks with decorations and messages like, please God save the trees and get (laughs) well soon. Please God. Get well soon, which I was like, it's a tree. It's two trees. So they can't read. Let me just butt in here and say those Auburn fans are full of shit because every single weekend they harass and vandalize these trees in the first place. Throwing (laughs) shit on their branches, probably (laughs) hanging on, peeing on them. Who knows what they've done? Yeah. You know what? Great point. This tree was probably like you know what? Bring me that poison. I'm ready to die. This is miserable. Harvey is an environmentalist, <laughs> I think. He was he was just doing what the trees needed. Yes. Put him out of their misery. Yeah. Go green, he says. <laughs> well, Harvey is also not the brightest bulb in the bunch because very easily <laughs> the police traced the call back to him. Okay. And he was arrested on one count of, get this, first degree criminal mischief. That's like <laughs> cute. He sounds like Dennis the Menace. (laughs) That makes him sound cuter than he is. What would second degree and third degree be? That's like if you put a banana in someone's tailpipe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why there are degrees of criminal mischief, which all sound pretty benign. I'm going to try that on my worst enemy. Fuck that guy. Poisoning a tree is not an adorable crime. I'll say that. So his defense attorney said that Harvey was mentally competent enough to withstand trial, but would continue to pursue the insanity defense because of his mental health during the time of the incident. It's like, oh, are you temporarily insane due to being a sore loser? It sounds like it. I mean, is that valid? I don't know. He later told CBS News that he obsessively planned for the crime for a month, which means, just so we're clear, he was planning to do this whether they lost or won. Wow. Then you can't plead insane while this is happening because this is like a thought out, a thought out thing. Yes. You thought about it. Yeah. He literally said he stayed up all night long for weeks devising his plan, which I'm sure was like amazing for his wife (laughs) and Bear Bryant Jr. and Little Crimson. I'm picturing Harvey having this like (laughs) whiteboard with like a stick figure of like a tree and like an X over it. Like that's the amount of planning he did. Him holding a milk jug. Yeah crayons yeah what's like the planning what's the plan why why'd you have to stay up all night dude i could have done this in five minutes feels like you could do that on a post-it well this guy named his daughter crimson tide don't forget so here we are two years later he pleads guilty to felony criminal damage of an agricultural facility and receives a six-month jail sentence with five years probation he was also ordered to pay eight hundred thousand dollars in restitution to the Auburn University. That's a, I get that they're angry, but that's a lot of money. It really is like, this shit is so big in the South. I guess that that just reflects how much they cared about these two trees. Two trees do not cost $800,000. It's wild. I don't, we don't know. Two historic oak trees. We don't know. What do we know about what trees cost? Speak for yourself. I know a lot about trees. (laughs) Harvey didn't learn his lesson at all. Of course from being sentenced during his time in jail he was signing autographs like this dude was in jail signing autographs (laughs) i feel like my first thought is that if harvey is going to jail you know he's going to be surrounded by all these guys like oh what did you do i killed my family oh what did you do oh i killed some trees but they he was probably worshipped i i would imagine there's some mega Bama fans Yeah, they're in like, jail. oh, damn, this guy's crazier than all of us. He's the one who <laughs> killed the trees in Tumor's Corner. He's the boss of the jail now. <laughs> yeah, this rivalry lives on across Alabama, even in jail. Wow. 
Even in jail, they take this shit seriously. <laughs> so in October of 2019, just this past fall, Harvey was put on trial once more, this time for failing to give full restitution to Auburn. So of that 800000 he'd only paid 6900 He didn't show up at his trial because he was like busy, what, I don't know, poisoning a cornfield or something. <laughs> Drawing out his next plan. Yeah. He paid an additional 3300 to avoid jail time. That's a lot of money. That sucks. So he has to pay that entire thing. That means Crimson Tide probably isn't going to college. No. Poor girl. Neither is Bear. Her fucking dad. Dude, that sucks. So Harvey's probation recently ended, and after being asked on the podcast Mobituaries about why he poisoned the trees, he said, I just don't like Auburn. I just don't like Auburn. There's several things in this world that I really and truly don't like, and Auburn's one of them. I wanted Auburn people to hate me as much as I hate them. You know. (laughs) (laughs) You get it. It's like, Harvey, I don't like ketchup. I'm not like poisoning a ketchup factory. What are we doing? (laughs) Good comparison. Is that was that a good analogy? Come on, Harv. That's wild. Is there a team that you hate that much that you would uh, do anything to? I, I besides like talk trash. I mean, no, there's nothing. I've yelled at people before. Sure. No, there's. I I can't imagine any sort of sports situation driving me to kill a bunch of old trees. <laughs> wow, that's like competitive to a next level. I mean, yeah, that's one word for it. This man, for no other reason than fuck Auburn and roll fucking tide, decided to destroy an iconic landmark. So do we have an update on the trees? Oh, my gosh, Rachel. You read my mind because (gasps) what of these trees? What of the trees? (laughs) Despite the best efforts of the university and horticulturists, they indeed slowly died. The prayers didn't work. So this but like these people who care so much about these trees, the administration allowed the community to continue rolling Tumor's Corner through the football season of 2012. So like they're all devastated about the trees. TP them immediately. (laughs) (laughs) These trees, can I just say, are probably happily living in their afterlife in tree heaven. Yeah, About to be reincarnated as, you know, seaweed or something. Yeah. So they they can live in the ocean, stay far away from (laughs) football fans. So anyway, they continue to TP until the football season of 2012. But after a win that fall, the toilet paper caught fire and the trees were left aesthetically dead. Guys. Guys. I told you it was dangerous. Why didn't you listen? It's tough. The last rolling, symbolically, occurred April 20th, 2013 with 83,000 attendees. It was an emotional goodbye to a traditional and a living monument. During the ceremony, Auburn Alumni Association President Bill Stone announced the school would be selling parts of the trees as commemorative gifts. So these poor trees are like, oh, now you're going to chop us up and (laughs) put us in like resin and sell us. This story keeps on getting better. poor tree. This is a story of some trees that just want to be in peace. Just won't quit. You know what's crazy is like sometimes you're on a hike and you'll like stop by a a plaque and read and be like, oh, this interesting person lived here. Imagine walking by Tumor's Corner and you read a a plaque that says, oh, hundreds of thousands of people used to flock to this corner to celebrate football games until somebody poisoned the trees. (laughs) That would be a wild thing to (laughs) happen upon. It's tough. Well, after this final rolling, the following Tuesday, after this final rolling, the first cut of the tree was made at 7 a.m. as fans watch behind barricades. (laughs) They were that unruly. 
Like police. In 2015, four years after the incident, two new South Carolina groomed live oaks were planted. Wow. In Tumor's Corner. One of the oaks didn't take to the soil, so only one ended up being used. Yeah, because that soil <laughs> is like radioactive. What are you guys Correct. Doing? But girl, guess what? Oh, no. A new vandalism incident occurred <laughs> to the replacement oak when I they were set on fire. Set on fire following an Auburn win over LSU in September 2015. Jesus, guys, what is up with you? These trees did nothing to you. These trees did nothing. They're just standing there. They're just like standing there tired. It's not the trees' fault. (laughs) Tired. They're just tired of your bullshit. I do have to know Harvey was not the culprit that time. But oh my God, give these trees a break. Auburn's shown their cards now. Like they can never have trees. Because people know what gets them. They, they need to keep it a secret. Now, now they know what really hurts them, like what really grinds their gears. So a second replacement occurred with two new oaks from Florida in February 2017. And a sculpture of one of the tumor's original oaks now sits in the Auburn art store. That's cool. So I guess, listen, I love... Love the zealous fandom in sports. I love that you wore those heels to that Raptors game. I love it all. I'm in. And college football is great. I literally used to go to my friend's house every Saturday during college football season, and he had like six TVs set up, and we would just watch for hours from like 10 in the morning to six at night. I get it. But there's a limit. Let's keep nature out of it first. <laughs> guys. Our planet is already so screwed. Like, do you it's, guys really yeah. need to burn down more trees? No. Yeah. If you need to poison something, I don't know. Just find a different way to express your frustrations and your sadness. Yeah. And, like, violence? Like, come on. Intense is great, but it's supposed to be fun. There's a line here, guys. I think I'm going to get shit on for saying this, but I th- feel like people forget that it's just a game. And I, I, I'm super passionate, but people just take it so Oh, we know, far. Rachel. Okay. <laughs> they don't have any pro, like, professional sports leagues in Alabama. Yes, yes. There's no NFL team, no NBA team, no Major League Baseball team. I don't, there's not a hockey team. So this is it. Which seems like a poor mistake. Like, I feel like if they had a football team, like a, a NFL team, or if they had a basketball team, hockey team, it would give them, like, oh my God, those seats would sell out so quickly. Maybe they wouldn't be poisoning trees. I don't know. Just one more outlet. Some people link how intense it is, get this, to the South losing the Civil War. Because, <laughs> girl, guys, it always goes back. <laughs> Civil War. (laughs) That is absolutely fascinating. I love to hear stories about fans and the lengths that they will go to. This is so petty on the level, like level 100 (laughs) pettiness. My heart truly goes out to the woman named Crimson Tide. Yeah. Would love to know if she's changed her name. Yeah. Would love to know a lot about her. My heart also just genuinely goes out to those trees. Yeah, that sucks. Poor trees. Well, listen, Rachel, I think that the intensity of sports fans ultimately is one of the great things about sports. It truly is. And I feel like the intensity of fans leads to the intensity on the field because like guys are getting traded all the time. The fans are the only ones that are there the entire time from the beginning to the end. Yeah, they stay with you. Oftentimes, you know, like the the anger and like the rivalries on the field are because of the fans. And if we didn't have Absolutely. people like Harvey, if we didn't have people like Harvey, we would be OK. But if we didn't have people that had <laughs> passion and were, 
you know, just like wild about sports, sports wouldn't be the same. Yeah. This was a really fun story. Thanks for thanks for bringing us through. I kind of want to go visit this uh, tree site at some point. Tumorous Corner. We should go. Let's go to a college football game in 2025. I love that. Roll damn tie. Roll damn tie, baby. Hall of Shame is a product of Crooked Media. The show is produced by Caroline Reston and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM.